1: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
0: From KQED. Some call it an eyesore. Some call it art. Maybe it's a nuisance or an icon, but no matter what you call it, it's hard not to have some kind of reaction to Sutra Tower. Prominent San Francisco Chronicle columnist Herb Kane did not love it. He once wrote, I keep waiting for it to stalk down the hill and attack the Golden Gate Bridge. As far as TV towers go, Sutra Tower does look pretty weird. It's got three legs and this skinny middle that the architects call the waist. It was built up on a hill in the middle of a San Francisco neighborhood. Not on top of a skyscraper like they are in most other big cities. The tower's quirks got Bay Curious listener Craig Rubens wondering. So I'd like to know what the story is behind how Sutro Tower was approved to be built so conspicuously. I can't imagine something like that getting approved today. I'm Olivia Allen Price and this is Bay Curious. Today, Jessica Placzek digs into the origin story of this unusual landmark. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. The answer to Craig's question begins
1: with this sound. <laughs> That, my friends, is the sound of bad television reception. Back in the 1960s, reception depended on line of sight, from a transmitter to your antenna. So in hilly San Francisco, this was an issue. Local television stations wanted to solve the problem by building a really, really tall tower. ABC already had a short tower on Mount Sutro, so they came up with a design for a new one there. The first design looks something like a sleek, golden Seattle space needle with a restaurant at the top. That would have been awesome. People hated it. It is three-legged, located in a urban environment. There are a thousand homes located within what they call the fall zone of Sutro Tower. That's Christine Linenbach. Her family has been fighting the tower from the start, and it wasn't just her family. Other neighbors hated it, local students hated it, and over half the city's supervisors hated it. They said it would be unsafe, ruin property values, and destroy the skyline. But ABC really wanted it. Lindenbach says ABC went so far as to threaten the neighbors to keep quiet.
0: What the people were told was very simply this. Either you go away and you let us build our tower, or we'll make sure that the open space around Mount Sutro is torn down and all of the green belt is removed.
1: Ultimately, the Planning Commission approved the project in 1966, but it would be another five years before construction would begin. And during that time, the design changed. Originally, it was gonna be a golden hue, but aviation regulations at the time required alternating stripes of red and white. Yep, so planes don't crash into it. And the shape of the tower changed too. It became more skeletal looking. The Los Angeles architecture firm A.C. Martin designed it. Eric Dousman, general manager of Sutro Tower, says allegedly.
0: They saw something, uh, another similar tower in Japan that uh, was smaller, but they liked that sort of design and thought it was unusual and wanted to, to bring that here.
1: Dousman tells me the waist, or the tapering at the middle of the tower, was an aesthetic choice by the architect.
0: And all the engineers since then want to shoot him because he, it made it a more difficult structure to maintain. And it is a more difficult structure because of its design to keep perfectly upright and in great condition.
1: Construction of the tower began in 1971, and it actually surprised a lot of people. That's because all the television stations involved had made a gentleman's agreement not to report on the tower. Some called it a media blackout. In their defense, stations said it was so nobody would have the jump on advertising the new tower. So when bulldozers started taking out trees, KQED reporter Tom DeVries went up to Mount Sutro to check out the construction site. So we started taking pictures. And a man came running, running toward us and saying... You can't film here. You can't film here. There's an agreement. Well, the story just got way better. KQED-TV ran the story. It led to new efforts to stop the tower. None were successful. Okay, I think we're ready. We're going to have a big toast here to TV20, guys. This is a great, great event. First, we're going to go off the air as we turn off the old transmitter and I'm gonna sit here on this button and the new one's gonna come on. The tower started transmitting July 4th, 1973. But not before they made more changes. Architects discovered that the tower's antenna would sway in the wind. So engineers added girders and fiberglass cables to hold the antenna in place. Unfortunately, one of the byproducts
0: was that uh, wind would rush through these newly created guide wires and the whole tower would sound like a, a moaning
1: harp. The cables have since been redesigned, and it's not so loud today. And of course, people now have come to love the tower. It's iconic and integral to the city. It broadcasts more than just television. There's taxi dispatchers, I got a call from this number. emergency responders, for- oh, emergency? law oh, enforcement, and radio.
0: Now, Jessica, while you were reporting the story, you actually got to go someplace not many people get to go. Tell Mm -hmm. us about it. I went to the very top
1: of Sutra Tower. Oh, that's so awesome. How did you get up there anyway? Dave, the spokesperson for Sutra Tower, took me and um, our video guy, Adam. We took this tiny elevator, which is maybe two by three feet. And it's funny because you go up it. An angle leaning towards the tower. And then at a certain point, once you hit the waist, it leans the other way. Oh, wow. And that must feel terrifying. It feels weird. (laughs) Dave stops the elevator and he opens the doors. And you're just greeted with this amazing view. Mm -hmm. The city lays itself out beneath you. And you can see the entire Bay Area. I also need to put this into context. This is the highest point in the city. So you're about 1,800 feet or so above sea level. It was really beautiful.
0: Well, thanks, Jessica. I'm pretty jealous you got to do that. Um. (laughs) It's cool most people are. (laughs) Also, a special thanks to listener Craig Rubens for asking this week's question. Like Jessica said, we actually made a video of this trip to the top of Sutra Tower. It definitely changed my perspective on the city. So you can find that video at baycurious.org. And if you've been digging our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find Bay Curious, and it helps us bring you new stories every single week. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'll see you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Okay, our question for the month is The world's longest running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company.
1: Good luck. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond